calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Todd Hancock. Hello, Danae Johnson. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You have such a good radio voice. No, you have such a good radio voice. So <laughs> 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 well, man. So thank you for doing this. Uh, we have longtime Canadian radio personality. And I'm, I'm curious, why radio, Danae? Oh, that's a great question. Actually, when I was 16 years old, it's kind of cheesy, but I was Miss Vernon. Yeah. And uh, I was also referred to as Queen Silver Star. And I was Queen <laughs> Silver Star. <laughs> Shut up, God. <laughs> I was Queen Silver Star, and uh, the girl that I was Princess, she was Princess Silver Star. She actually wanted to get into radio. Okay. And I was like, that sounds pretty sweet. I mean, uh, that year we had spent the year traveling around Canada, doing a lot of public speaking and radio interviews. I was also very passionate about music and had a background in theater and performing. And I kind of felt like radio just combined all three of those. And it just felt like, yep, this is going to be a good fit. Mm. Where was your first job in radio? Yeah, so I was very fortunate in that my first job in radio was in Vernon, B.C., mm. uh, which is where I grew up. So I was really lucky in that I um, I didn't go to radio school, Todd. You didn't? I, you, I, I didn't, didn't go that. to radio school. Oh. No, I didn't. Nope. So I uh, went into the local radio station, and I had plans of going to school, but I basically just went in there and told them that, you know, radio was what I wanted to do, and could I, you know, job shadow their morning show, wow. which is what I did, and it turned into a four-year working stint with them where I worked my way up and learned everything. I mean, you name it, production, I was the events crew coordinator, I was morning show fill-in, I kind of did it all and learned everything on the job. You eventually clawed your way to the top of the heap, you were uh, working major market in Vancouver. Yeah. And, and then you decided to make the move to Kelowna. Yeah. You were offered a job. Now, how how hard was this decision for you? It was extremely difficult. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I uh, 
I sat in my boss's office in Vancouver and cried because I just, I was very torn. On the one hand, I had worked so hard Mm. to achieve, you know, kind of the radio dream that so many people in our industry want to achieve. Like you said, working major market radio. Totally. Um, And, you know, I had a really good thing going in Vancouver, but I was also feeling like, I don't know. I'd been in Vancouver for a decade. My parents were, all my family are in the Okanagan. And uh, and I had been gone for for a decade. And that, you know, it's a lot of missed birthdays and Mother's Days and Father's Days. And to be quite honest, I mean, uh, my mom had gotten cancer a few years ago. Thankfully, she's okay now. But Mm. um, I think sometimes it takes maybe, you know, somebody close to you getting sick for you to realize what really matters in life. Yeah. And my family have always been incredibly important to me. And so it was a combination of things. That was a big motivator for sure. I was also just starting to feel like I was being called to live somewhere that was maybe a little bit more chill, grounded, and not as expensive as Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere else in the world, you mean? Pretty much. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) And so how do you think radio is doing in 2020? A lot of challenges, pretty much all sides, podcasting, Sirius XM, social media, you name it. It's it's being challenged. How do you think radio is doing present day? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I've been working in radio for 15 years now, and so I've, as I'm sure you've experienced as well, a lot of changes. Mm. Um. You know, I think radio is always going to be something that exists because... Totally, 100% Right? Yeah. Right? It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, it's changed. The way people interact with it has changed, which for me is a little disappointing because I loved when I started in radio and it was so much more interactive. People were always calling in, mm-hmm. you're, you know, having the great banter, they were requesting songs. Like for me, I don't know what you taught, but that is what I love about radio. Well, that's the only thing I miss about not having a radio show. Right. I, I miss the, the callers for sure, but I also miss like just the camaraderie between, you know, the air staff production promotions and everything. When you go and crush a promo that you've been talking about for like three months and you see all your, the, the people that are listening to the radio station, like I miss that as well, but more than anything, like, I don't miss the, the day to day. I don't miss, you know, back selling songs and talking about the Canucks and shit. I don't miss that. I'm, I miss right. the, the personal connections. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, I mean, you'll, you might be happy to hear that. I don't feel like there's as much of that anymore wow, <laughs> in, really? in radio. Yeah. No. And I think a big part of that is like our society, people have just gotten so much busier totally. and, um, people also just the way that we're interacting with the world is different. Like people aren't picking up their phone and talking on the phone well, no, to even their friends as much. Like, it's weird. It, it, like, even now getting a phone call, you're like, what the fuck? Like, Pretty who, much. Who calls? Who calls? Come on, text I'm, anybody. I'm not answering that. <laughs> I'm not answering. Yeah, I mean, aside from my mother calling Todd, like, I haven't picked up my phone right. in, in the last who yeah. knows when, so. I was surprised you picked up tonight. And me too. I almost <laughs> didn't. <laughs> um, so, that, I think, has changed it a lot because people aren't... 
they're not making phone calls anymore unless we have some sort of big contest, some really big incentive for them to call. Um, people are more inclined now, like you said, to text, to message us on social media. Right. Um, and so for me, I'm, I really, really miss that phone connection that we used to have in radio with listeners. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so that's definitely been one of the biggest changes that I've noticed. So if anybody out there is listening, I mean, call your local radio station. We want some humans to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) You and I were talking about um, podcasting. I think this was like towards the end of of summer last year. Yeah. And and you were thinking about starting one up. Is that happening? Have you, are you any closer to to possibly doing that? (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, after talking to you, the little podcast guru that you are, mm-hmm. um, you know, you offered me some really great advice, and I have been working the last couple of months to um, try and negotiate some of the things that you suggested. You know, I'm, so I'm doing, last year when I was in Vancouver, I went to school for nutrition, so outside of radio, I am a holistic nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And that is another, you know, big passion of mine. And so I decided I wanted to combine my love of, you know, health and wellness and nutrition with my broadcasting experience. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start up this, you know, kind of health-focused podcast. I have recorded 10 episodes, and um, I've been waiting on my company the idea was I was trying to negotiate ownership with them, maybe a little compensation, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So I'm kind of at the point now, I've been trying to negotiate for some time and it doesn't seem like they're going to play ball. So I might just release it on my own, Todd. No, I think you should anyway. I, I it really, I, I just can't, I can't wrap my head, like as now I'm six years into podcasting. Yeah, really? I, it's been that long? Yeah. Wow. Well, I got let go in 2014 from, wow. from Fox. And being as far in as I am now, it really blows my mind that there's not more of a, like, embrace the idea of your air staff doing a podcast and you helping, you know, find revenue, find um, sponsors or or whatnot for for radio people. It blows my mind. Like, did they expect you just to do it just to do it? Like, no, I'm not creating content for nothing. No, and to be honest, I mean, my boss was 100% on board with the idea. I think the challenge is when you work for a really big corporation and you have to get approval from, like, the the high-ups, and that just, but you why know, can get... Like, you know what I mean? Like, why do they yeah. need that approval? Like, all you're doing is boosting your brand, therefore boosting their brand. Yeah, and I think in the future that will happen more so. I think because it is a fairly new thing that like announcers are wanting to start getting into. Mm. I think it just hasn't been built into the conversations and the contracts. Like that's kind of where we, where I came up against with, with my uh, trying to negotiate. It was just that it wasn't in my contract. And so having to try and get my contract rewritten, you know, it's not always easy to get the the people in the, the upstairs office all the way in Toronto to, you know, hurry up and get, get that signed. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. (laughs) What sort of advice would you give someone looking to get into radio broadcasting? Oh, damn, really? (laughs) All right. I don't know if I want to give that advice. Uh I mean, what advice would I give? Um, I would say, I mean, if it's something that you really love and that you're really passionate about, absolutely. Um, 
pursue whatever it is that you're truly passionate about, what you truly feel you're meant to be doing with your time on this planet. Yes. Um, I would use it as a way of, you know, getting experience, making connections. And at the same time, I think I would also be working on some sort of online component, whether it is a podcast or a YouTube channel, um, because that's the reality of where a huge, huge portion of the world is now and how people are taking in media is through podcasting. Um, so I think you can do both, and both of them are going to get you different a different audience. So mm-hmm. just, you know, do both of them and get all the people listening and watching. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also have a thick skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you find it. that? Oh my God. I don't know about you, but like, maybe it's just because of the, the genre, the, the demographic of uh, rock listeners at Fox. I got it all the time. Yeah, I could see that with a rock format. I've heard that from other people who've worked in like rock and alternative formats. That <laughs> there's something with those listeners. They have a tendency to be, I mean, a little bit more, more direct in their thoughts and opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely did get a, a little bit of that for sure yeah. uh, in Vancouver. I mean, yeah, there's lots of people out there who just love to, to hate and spread yeah. their negative thoughts. And, just chirpy and mean people, you know? Yeah. Like, like I outright told one guy that called up and he was like, you know, Hancock, you're fucking just talking just to hear yourself talk and blah, blah, blah. Man, one of these days I'd love to be where you are and fucking I'd punch you so hard in the head. And and I I, I was straight up like, you know, hey, dude, I'm wearing like a red ball cap. Uh, I'm wearing a black tragically hip t-shirt and I'm done at 11 o'clock. I will see you at the corner (laughs) of Georgia Granville at 11.05. Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Because you're not talking that shit when you see me. Not happening. (laughs) It's because nobody knows that Todd Hancock has a black belt in <laughs> karate. And... I have a black belt and I'm not taking your bullshit. <laughs> what has been your your highlight, do you think, from uh, from being a radio personality? Mm. I mean, honestly, I could just say like my entire time spent working at the Beat 94.5 yeah. in Vancouver because that was literally, Todd, my bucket list. Like right? it was yeah. the only radio station I ever, ever wanted to work at and it is crazy and honestly what's even crazier is like not to my own horn here but the fact that I didn't go to school and that was the second job I landed right after my first gig in Vernon yeah that's amazing um it was it was mind-blowing to the point that I honestly didn't I almost didn't even apply for the job because I thought there was no way in how I was going to get it crazy so I mean I am just forever grateful uh, to Curtis Strange, who is the program director and still is. I mean, that was a huge, huge part of why I did stay at that station for, I stayed there for a decade, for 10 years, because um, he was just so good to me and I had such loyalty to him. And I, when I started working there straight out of Vernon, I mean, I was green. Like I had no coaching, no, you know, I, I was not good. And um, he really just like, gave me the space to kind of figure it out and coached me mm-hmm. and really in a major market, I feel like that doesn't happen a lot anymore. Like you're expected to just be, you know, a Polished superstar and, right yeah. out the gate. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So, so that in itself, like honestly, just after having that experience, I was like, okay, like 
that's another reason why I was okay to come back to the Okanagan because it was like I did the bucket list thing that I wanted to do in radio. Like there wasn't really, it would have been great to do mornings. I would have loved to have done the morning show. Um, but uh, aside from that, I was very happy. There were some other cool things for sure. I mean, like interviewing artists like, you know, like Akon and Sarah McLaughlin and Sunreal, uh, Halsey, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen. There's definitely some really cool artists that I got to interview. That was also a great experience. Yeah, radio's good. It is. Yeah, what about you? What was your, what was your highlight? Who was the first person you ever interviewed? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So many for me. You know, I was there for 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I don't know, Metallica World Album Premiere, Nickelback World Album Premiere, uh, <laughs> Velvet Revolver World Album Premiere, Green Day World Album Premiere. Wow. Uh, flying to Dublin, Ireland and doing my radio show from the Jameson Distillery on St. Patrick's Day, multiple years. First class flights, first class accommodations. Whoa. Uh, crazy per diems. Like, it was insane. That, I, I could say the same thing. Like, C Fox for yeah. me was like, I had, bl as soon when I went to BCIT for, for radio school, I had blinders on to get there to be a DJ. I didn't give a fuck what job it was. It Overnights, mm. evenings. And over that 15 years, I did every single shift with the exception of middays. Mm -hmm. Same, same answer as you. Yeah. Just being at that station. That's uh, interesting that you admit publicly that you're a fan of Nickelback. <laughs> Love Nickelback. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I've always loved them. I've, 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 you know what? I've never understood that, that hate for those guys. No, I gotta agree. I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't understand it either. It's a great band. Go see them live and tell me you don't like that band. Like, Maybe it just goes back to the uh, the rock alternative listeners that just love to hate. Maybe that's <laughs> what it's all about. That's probably it. Mm -hmm. That's probably it. All right, let's get outside of radio and and what yeah. you're known for. You're you're mentioning the certified holistic uh, nutritionist. Yeah. What are your cheat foods? My cheat foods. Oh my gosh. Well, I grew up a fat kid. Like in grade six, I was two hundred pounds. No. So yeah, man. Yeah. That's so crazy. I will. That's crazy. Always, that's that's yeah. like just just under what i am as an adult yeah wow grade six okay so what were what, what was the what's the ish there in grade six like what is it just poor eating not exercising like what's the because you're you're not heavy today it, it was definitely a combination of those things there was no physical activity going on whatsoever no. and my friend i would crush wagon wheels like nobody's business <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh that'll do it yeah it will it definitely will so uh i'll always be a fat kid at heart you right. know i really believe now in the power of food and the impact that it has on your health your mind and your body so on the daily i do eat very healthy now because i've experienced what it is to be fat sick unhealthy so right i don't want i don't want to be that anymore okay so um, so you have that knowledge but what are the cheat foods like if you're like oh, you know what yeah. i'm doing it i'm doing it i don't care oh yeah man and i still have those like i'll always be a fat kid at heart i will always love those foods um so definitely i'm gonna give you two pizza i could probably eat pizza every single day of my life yeah that's not a bad thing though right like it's <laughs> just so good so damn good. I mean, banana peppers and I need some garlic, you know, ranch dip for the crust. And I'm just like the happiest person in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, a good old mac and cheese. 
two comfort foods. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anything with cheese. <laughs> What's your favorite food? You like sushi? I love sushi. I don't think there are many foods that I don't like. Um, mm. Like I said, on the daily, I'm usually eating very healthy. I I do eat primarily plant-based. Like, I'm, oh. you know, tonight for dinner, I came home and I made myself a big-ass salad with some fried onions and beans and quinoa and cut up broccoli and peppers and hemp hearts. So that's how I'm kind of eating on the daily. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> are you grossed out? No, I'm just like, where's the meat? Where, where, where was the mention of chicken or steak or something <laughs> in that? I didn't hear it. I mean, I do, I do eat uh, meat, I would say like once or twice a week, but uh, for the most part, I'm kind of rocking like the beans and the lentils and yeah, and all that jazz. That's my wife. Yeah? yeah she's seafood, that's it. No chicken, no, no beef, no, none of that shit. Okay, her and I got to get together then. Does she try and get you in on it? Mm, not really, no. No. Like I'll eat she all the stuff better. that she eats, but I'll just, right. you know, chuck a, a whatever on top of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, I don't know if it is a mental or an actual physical thing, but it does seem like men definitely have the desire more so for meat. Like, I feel like the times I've cooked even for family, you know, a lot of the women feel satisfied and satiated with, you know, just like the plant-based mm-hmm. way of eating. And I always seem to hear men speaking more so about like, you know, I need some chicken. I need some steak. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Rings a bell. Yes. What, <laughs> what was the music in the Johnson house as a kid growing up? Like what, what, oh, what, what, bands your, what bands are your parents playing? Oh, so much. There was a lot of like in excess. Yeah. And that was one that stood out for sure. So um, Michael's death must, must've hit you hard then. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. I think for all of us, right? Like yeah. all, all fans. And just the way to go too. Like what? No, absolutely. Um, so a lot of in excess, there was definitely some Brian Adams. Like my parents oh. were really into rock. So it was more like the, when Brian Adams kind of went more through the, like through the rockier phase, I guess. Yeah. If you could say that. Yeah. Uh, dire straits. Um, yes. I also remember like a lot of Madonna. I remember voguing around my family <laughs> living room to the Madonna Immaculate album. Oh, I love it. Right? <laughs> <So> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to get yeah. your mom's email and see if we can get a picture for that. Oh honey, there's home video. <laughs> there's gotta be something kicking around. There's tons of home video of that. Mm. What was your first concert? First concert was No Doubt. Wow. Yeah, I was a late. Yeah, it was really good. I I didn't go to a concert until I was like a teenager. Like, it took me forever to get to one. Like, late, late in my teens. Really? Um, But I, one of my favorite albums of all time, still to this day, is No Doubt, Tragic Kingdom. Tragic Kingdom. That that record, start to finish, is amazing. Right, man, yeah, and uh, I don't know if you you know Todd, but I also, I was in a band for a while as well. No, were you really? Yeah, I was. No, you're putting me on, no you weren't. I swear to God. Really? What style? Yeah. What was it called? It was, oh dude, you'd hate the music, it was so poppy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was so poppy. I'm going to send you a photo, um, 
before I, like, right before I left Vancouver, we were just kind of starting to, like, grow a little bit. Like, we we actually opened for Akon. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do I not know this? I don't know. We haven't talked in a minute, I guess. Wow. <laughs> um, but that was, like, one of, my fav- one of my favorites to cover was No Doubt. I don't know if you remember the song Sunday Morning. Yeah. Sunday Morning. Yeah. yeah great song. Oh. Yeah, so I'm currently learning to play that one on guitar. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Most overrated band on the planet. (sighs) That's a good, hard question. How do you just choose one? It's tough. You want me to help you out? Yeah. You too? Oh, you think they're overrated? Oh, entirely. Uh, Dude, have you seen them perform live? I have, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins? No, I love them. Come on. R.E.M.? Okay, yeah, maybe R.E.M. Completely overrated. Yeah, I would would say yes to that one. Yeah. Not you too, though, eh? I saw them perform live, and I thought they were great. Oh, they're great live. I'm not not saying they're, they're not good players. I just think that they're overrated. Like, in just in terms of their music itself? Yeah, I guess just in, yeah, just the music itself. I could, I would agree with that. Their songs are, I would say, not as, I'm not as stoked on their actual music, but I do feel like they put on a hell of a concert. Yeah. You know a band that I, I, I'm not, a, like, I would never go home and put the record on, but I hmm. love them live, is Coldplay. Interesting. Great yeah. band live. Holy can they play. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well. I think it was actually seeing them live that kind of, do you ever get that where you, like, you see a band live or you see a movie with the music in it and then afterwards it gives you like a whole new appreciation. Totally. And then you kind of like start listening to their music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I did that. Uh, did you see the uh, new Elton John movie? What was it? Rocket Man? Oh, Rocket Man. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did. I was okay. I wasn't blown away by it. I thought it was all right. Yeah. I wasn't overly blown away either, but it just watching the movie, I don't know, all the music, I'd never really listened to Elton John's music before, but after oh. watching it, oh, you he, had? He, oh, I'm a huge fan of Elton John. Did you guys play Elton John on uh, the Fox? No, we didn't. I didn't think so. But my, my mom did. So okay. It was one of those like house bands for me. Um, when you were working at the Fox, did you get sick to death of the music? Yeah. 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 So what would you listen to outside of work? Indie bands, oh. L- local indie bands. Oh. That's why you know the, this the podcast I do is it's it's just all indie. That makes sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean I I love the music that gets played on the majority of a rock station, but like I don't need to hear Enter Sandman again. Why you want to hear it like, like every day for the next year, two years of your life? No, I just don't. Yeah, you know, I, like as a. Uh, you know, I did radio for 20 years Yeah, and I'm just saying like radio needs to move in certain ways that they're not right now. And it's simple as you know, you'll, you'll know because you're in the industry and uh, what I'm going to about to say is going to ring true f- for you. But yeah. people that don't, that aren't in the industry, they're like, dude, you're just jaded. But radio needs to do three things. It's very simple. One, give back control to the DJ to play songs that they want to play that coincide with a phone call they just had, or they want to scratch a song because they have a story that ties into that song they want to play or whatever, right? Yep. Two is to play album cuts from big records. doesn't always need to be, again, Enter Sandman or Sad But True from Metallica's Black Record. It could be Holier Than Thou. It could be whatever. 
It could be something besides Under the Bridge by the Chili Peppers. So something that's not as something, big of a hit. Right. Something that would yeah. make your listeners go, holy crap, did you hear what they played on Fox today? Because they're not yeah. saying that when they say, here's Enter Sandman from Metallica for the 12,000th time. <laughs> it's not happening. And the third thing is just to simply support your local scene. That's it. Yeah. It's very simple. Well, I will say I fully agree with all three of those. I will say that that is one thing I do like about being back in the Okanagan is the radio here is much more local focused, mm. which is I, really nice. I bet you the burn factor in a smaller market like that is nowhere near as bad as it is here. In terms of like, we don't play this, play the shit out of the same songs as badly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually I found that as well. Yeah. Our, I would say our playlist is a little bit bigger, which is nice. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting what you were saying before about the, um, you know, playing different songs off the album, like other than hits. Right, and I'm only talking core artists, though, and big yeah. records that have sold millions of albums. Right. I remember when I was in Vancouver, them, uh, the bosses, kind of talking about, like, you know, the way stations are rated nowadays, that they can tell because people's attention spans are so much shorter today that they were able to monitor that when they played an unfamiliar, like a new or an unfamiliar song for people, that people would switch their radio dial. Ah, fuck that. They're lying. That's bullshit. You think so? I think that's bullshit. Hmm. I don't know. I think that the, that the way that corporate radio is set up, that they have, you know, corporate testing, they have uh, monitors, they have this and that, and they're spending all this money to do all these things at the very top. Well, now mm. they have to adhere to everything that they've just found out. Why are you playing Holier Than Thou? You should have been playing Enter Sandman. Yeah. Don't play those songs and test those songs and see how they do. I think would, they'd be surprised to see just how much people want unfamiliarity and they want, um, they want to be challenged. They want to be tested. They want uh, more than just the conventional radio that we've done since the 50s. Uh, that's what I think. Do you think the mainstream wants that, yeah. or do you think that it's just us who wants that because we've been in radio for so long and we're sick of of the songs and the format? I think that uh, the general public are sheep, and they'll listen to whatever we play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that if we were to do that, we as the industry, I mean, mm -hmm. that, that it would just be the norm playing album right. cuts would become the norm being mm -hmm. uh, you know um unsure of the song that was you like it you're not sure who it is though i think that that would become the norm if you just did it you make a good point i mean that so we kind of joke about that all the time like we will brainwash you to like any song that we want you to like right you play it enough and you're gonna eventually be like yeah whatever it's okay i guess it's it's all right yeah well it's only because yeah. you heard it 240 times in the last week and a half yeah like, yeah, I've definitely experienced uh, that firsthand. We'll start playing a new song, and I'm like, "This is crap." And then, you know, right. two weeks later, I'm cranking it up, and it's like, "Wow, okay." Totally. Is, so, so what's works. the what's the difference? So, if you play an unfamiliar song, but yeah. you play it like 200 times, it becomes not unfamiliar. You and, make a great uh, point. Anyway, let's let's move on. I wanna I wanna know about the shows when you find time because I'm sure you know, like me, you're busy. When you mm -hmm. find time, what are you binge watching? Ooh, TV wise. Yeah. I just finished watching, did you see You? No. Um, I haven't watched either season because it just, 
I don't know. It kind of just creeps me out. What, really? What about a serial killer killing people creeps you out? Yeah, I'm just... Stalker. I'm just... I don't know. Yeah, I'm not into it. I heard it's really good, though. It is good. Yeah. I liked it. I binge-watched the two seasons of that. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, I don't know if this is your forte, Todd, but have you seen Grace and Frankie? No. It's really cute. Your wife would probably like it. What's it about? Uh, <laughs> like two older women, Jane Fonda and uh, what's her name, Lily Tom- Tomlin. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the two of them, and both of their they find out that both of their husbands are gay okay. together, and uh, it's just the the unfolding of of that. You find out your husband's gay and. The two of them, the two women, kind of come together and end up living in their, like, beach house together. Like they become and gay? No, 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 no. They don't become gay, no. Oh. <laughs> I think they just come together as, like, friends supporting one another because they both just found out, like, in their 70s right. that the men that they've been with the last, you know, number of years are playing for the other team. Roger that. I got you. Right? <laughs> okay. And just the dynamic between them is really fun. You know, uh, Jane Fonda's character is very, like hoity-toity and very, like, inner-retentive and loves a good, strong, you know, dry martini. And uh, Lily Tomlin's character is totally the opposite. She's this, like, hippie who smokes weed and is just (laughs) crazy. And it's just a fun show. Yeah. It's all about the writing, too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, good writing. Absolutely. And then the only other one that I kind of checked out recently, which is so not something I would normally watch. How do you feel about like adult cartoons? Uh, love them. Love Archer. I haven't seen that one. Archer. <laughs> what? You don't know Archer? My God. Okay, no. Write this down right now. Stop. Pause this podcast. Write okay. Archer down. Binge watch that. Talk to me in a week. Okay. <laughs> like you are going to be like, what in the hell? I love, I, I mean, I, I love it. I, I love adult cartoons what's um, the premise of it uh it's basically a cia the mom is the head of the cia and the bumbling son is one of the agents okay uh bob's burgers do you ever watch that no so like i was just saying like cartoons are usually not my thing but my brother introduced me to uh have you seen big mouse <laughs> Dude, freaking uh, hilarious. Big Mouth is so good. Case, okay, if you love Big Mouth, you're going to love Archer. Okay. It's so good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And Bob's Burgers is the other one that you would love as well. Bob's Burgers, uh, the main character is the same voice of the bumbling CIA agent in uh, Archer. Okay. So good. Oh, awesome. you've got two things you need to binge through now. I love it. Don't yeah. you love when you have a new show that someone's recommended to you and you're like, yeah, now I can go get my pizza, totally. have a night, and just watch. <laughs> Hell oh, yeah. you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I, I want to be respectful of your time here. I told you it would be about maybe 15, 20 minutes. We're well past half hour now. Oh, uh, good, man. We'll wrap it up in a, in a few, but there's a few questions I want to get to. Um, uh, one is, if you could have a superpower, which power would you want to have? Ooh, honestly, to be able to heal myself or loved ones, like any part of my body. Because, Todd, let me tell you, I'm getting older, I've injured my knee, oh, and I cannot it? move the way I used to. Getting, getting old is so fun. 
No, it sucks. <laughs> sucks balls. <laughs> I got this hip thing going on right now on my in my right hip that it's just like I can you know it clicks every like if I want it to yeah. click every time I can click it every time. <laughs> Make music with that hip. Musical hips. That's a good one. And mentally, uh, heal would be pretty cool as well. For sure. Yeah, Speaking I think you know, like growing up, you today's Bell Let's Talk Day, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think today is Bell Let's Talk Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah, you take you take your health and your body for granted like your whole life until something goes wrong with it, and then you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'd be nice yep. to be able to reverse that. Yeah, I always find that um, you know when you're just living, you're living and whatever, but you don't realize that you're alive necessarily unless you're like thinking about it or whatever, right? But I always find that whenever, like, say, if you have, like, if, say, if you're really sick and you're in bed and it's hot, sweats and cold chills, fuck, do you feel alive at that point? Really? Don't you? You know, no. you know that you're alive. You're struggling, maybe even <laughs> to stay alive. Like, if you cut your finger, you feel alive. Wow, that's an interesting way of looking at life, Dad Hancock. Mm. <laughs> I can't say that I've ever seen it that way. No, I think, uh, I mean, I like, I really make an effort to try to be mindful of feeling alive. Like, you know, I meditate every day and wow, do you really? I do. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, I mean, maybe I'll go cut my finger after this and see if it makes me feel more alive. I don't know. Maybe I will. I do feel alive. I'm missing a finger now, though, but man, I feel alive. <laughs> I guess it's that adrenaline factor. Yeah, it makes sense. Possibly, yeah. Do you believe that aliens have visited Earth or even maybe live among us? I think so. Yeah. Actually, I, uh, I had a, a boyfriend in the past who said that he had seen aliens. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, maybe I just date crazy people, but, uh, no, no, I mean, no, no. he, he seemed like he was pretty sure of it. Did, did he told you the story? Like what happened? Yeah. He was driving down the street and he saw these two figures that looked, you know, pretty much exactly like what we've been shown kind of aliens look like, like just. Mm-hmm. tall these very like tall silver um big-headed yeah and i don't know he he had had a couple of experiences like that so i think some people are a little bit more you know kind of open to experiencing other realms like he also had had more experiences with like you know people who had passed away in his life mm. um just some pretty trippy experiences like that, that, uh, that I mean, were, once again, he could have been crazy, but they, they sounded pretty be- believable to me. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm always open to, I'm, I'm open to a lot of things. I think there's so much that we don't know. And I don't know. I like the idea that there's definitely more cool shit out there that we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah, same. Where are you? Oh, I totally believe. Yeah, I think that they, the, 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 you know, aliens definitely live among us 100 percent. Mm. like there's no doubt in my mind do you feel like you've met one i don't know that I've is this because met you've one? met people that you think you're like oh yeah this buddy's definitely an alien or no it's just more just like what like wh- why wouldn't they be among us 
Yeah. You know, the Kepler program has, it's like, what is it, a million planets that they've, they've spotted or something like that? Mm-hmm. And to, like to think that there's no other life form living with us, I don't know, seems... Yeah. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, haven't they done, I mean, I feel like, haven't they done, like, press conferences and stuff before where they have admitted that totally. UFOs and yeah. all that stuff exists? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there, there's videos, be like Mach 5, they're fucking hauling ass. There's no way that they could make a right turn right now. 90 degree turn, boom, it happens. We yeah. don't have those technologies on Earth. Right. We don't have them. So, right. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm completely out to lunch, but uh, yeah, it it would surprise me if aliens didn't live on Earth. It would surprise yeah. me. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I th- and I feel like, too, we've heard, you know, so many interviews of people who've, whether they've been astronauts or, you know, people who've worked in that that realm, in that industry, and it seems like so many of them, mm. you know, have they said believe. that they've... They've seen... Yeah. They, yeah, like they've seen aliens, they've seen crafts, they've lived it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, last question. What's your take on legalized marijuana? Yeah, baby, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's honestly, I don't really smoke weed that much, so it's kind of funny for me to react like that. Yeah, um, but it makes sense. But Yeah, absolutely, I think so. I mean, you know, you look at places in the world where, like, all drugs are legalized, and it seems like, I don't know, it seems like things work and flow better in those places. 100% agree. If they were to legalize everything in Canada, heroin, Mm -hmm. cocaine, it's not like tomorrow you and I are going to be like, hey, let's hook up and do some heroin. (laughs) Like, it's just not happening, right? No. you, You take away that, the stigma of it all. Yeah. It's interesting. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that in those places where it is legal, it becomes less of an issue. Well, I think it's just the same as when you, you want things that you're not allowed to have. You think that's what it is? I I totally think that's what it is. And when you, when you just make it so it's commonplace, you know, like Mm -hmm. little kids in, in Italy are having wine, not lots of wine, but they'll have a little bit of wine with their family at five years old. And they're not like raving drunks every single one of them so why is mm-hmm. that it's because there's they, they they've taken away that whole like oh you can't do it it's bad you have to wait till you're an adult they've right. taken away that that part of it all and when you take that away it's like eh, whatever you, you can have some or can't it doesn't really matter that's what i think interesting yeah i uh i don't i don't know about that for sure like it's something that i've, I've definitely thought about before i personally don't don't think that that's how I interact with life. Like, I don't think I am that type of person that it's like, oh, if I can't have it, I want it. Except for maybe men. Maybe when it comes to men, I'm like that. (laughs) (laughs) Admittedly. Um, Yeah, but no, I mean, I'm totally down for the legalization of marijuana. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, I've I've had many, you know, close friends who, who smoke a lot of weed and they're not killing anybody. It seems like sometimes people who drink end up doing more harm to themselves or others than those who are smoking weed. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. If there was a case where somebody died from marijuana, they would be shoving it down our throats. And, yeah. And there isn't a case because it doesn't happen. 
where right. there's, I don't even know the numbers of people that die from drinking. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that happens. That's documented. It's not like, oh, geez, I think some people have died from drinking. Like people die all the time. Absolutely. From al- alcohol abuse. So, uh, you know, the weed's way better for you long, long term. Since we're on the uh, drug topic, have you ever thought about trying ayahuasca? What the hell is that? People know what ayahuasca is? No. <laughs> so ayahuasca is a plant medicine. Okay. That, uh, I mean, I had heard about it before I went to holistic nutrition school, but like you go to a school with a whole bunch of hippies and of course people are talking about all the different forms of healing and medicine. And, um, it's one of the things that I've come across quite frequently in my past of just being interested in healing. Um, whether that's like, you know, trauma, emotional issues, like this ayahuasca is something that, that frequently comes up in conversation. And, um, I don't know. Are you familiar with Gabor Mate? No. So he was a doctor who used to, I don't think he does anymore, but he used to work with um, those in the downtown uh, east side in Vancouver. Okay. And long story short, like they found that, um, you know, some of these plant medicines like ayahuasca actually helped heal people of their trauma. I saw something on the news when I was grabbing sushi the other night that said that one dose of mushrooms, psilocybin, yeah, does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, admittedly, like, I haven't really done any drugs. Like, my mom injected all of the fear into me growing up about drugs. Yeah, same for my mom, yeah. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, big time, days. yeah. <laughs> but after going to school last year, I'm like, I am actually very curious to, I would want to start with something like what you're talking about, like those, like the mushrooms, um, because if, you know, it's done with the right intention and if you're in the right atmosphere, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you can use it in a way that's not meant to just like get fucked up. You can use it in a way to actually like have a healing experience where you're going within yourself and getting mm-hmm. clarity. And so ayahuasca is like that, but times like a million. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Rogan's talked a lot about it. Like, have you heard him talking about DMT? What, DMT, yeah, I've heard uh, Rogan yeah. talking about that. Yeah, is that the same so thing? So I think DMT, I believe, is like the active ingredient in ayahuasca. Oh, okay. I could be totally wrong on that, but I believe that they are somewhat associated. Hmm. Yeah. But Very ayahuasca is uh, typically, yeah, it's typically done more so like it was more so done in it originated like in Peru. People would actually go there for ceremonies, and now because it's becoming such a big thing, you're starting to see it more like migrate over here. Hmm. Yeah. Danae, I could talk your ass off for the next hour, <laughs> two hours. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to definitely do it again. Um, yeah. Where can people find you um, work-wise? I say the best place to to find me to locate me and stalk me would be uh, Instagram. That's probably where I'm the most active. Mm-hmm. And it's just at Danae, D-E-N-A-I, Johnson. That's probably the best place, Todd. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. the same on Twitter. Also the same. You're way more active on Twitter than I am. I honestly I don't use Twitter that much. Oh, you don't? I don't. Hmm. I am much more of, I love to communicate via video. 
Yeah, which is a good thing, though. <laughs> so we do a lot of, like, Instagram stories. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's kind of, yeah, my way. We will see you there, then, at Danae Johnson on Twitter and mostly Instagram. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Can't wait! Subscribe at iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.